Oh, it's so good to see you all this morning. God bless you. Isn't it awesome being in the presence of Almighty God? There is nothing like it. Is there? there is nothing like it in this world in uh, sensing God's presence. And, and to those on Zoom, God bless you this morning. And uh, I'm believing that you are feeling the same presence of the Holy Spirit right where you are. The Holy Spirit is not bound by distance or by time or by buildings. Hallelujah. Uh, I trust you have your Bibles this morning. That would be great. Or you can look it up on your phone. Uh, we'll be looking at um, one main scripture today that God has put on my heart. And um, I would encourage you as well, if you can take notes, um, that would be good. Otherwise, you can listen to this again uh, if you'd rather listen now and then take notes, sometimes I know some of you would rather do that, and that is absolutely fine. So this is a word from the Lord today, and it's called Emboldened for End Times. <laughs> emboldened for End Times. And I just want to encourage Angus, because he just passed me a note a few min minutes ago saying, God said you've got to be bold this morning. And I said, you don't know the title of the word yet. <laughs> So emboldened for end times. You know, we are nearer to the second coming of Jesus Christ than we have ever been. And I don't know about you, church, but when I watch the news, I could be reading the first part of Matthew 24. It's like we're seeing Bible prophecy come to pass in front of our very eyes. So that's what we're going to have a look at this morning. We're going to have a look at Matthew 24 and the first uh, 13, 14 verses of that. So if you have your Bibles, please turn to Matthew 24. I'm just going to give you a few minutes. If you're not sure where that is, then look in the index in the front. There's nothing wrong in doing that. But it's the first gospel in the New Testament. And I'm reading from the New King James Version. Then Jesus went out and departed from the temple and his disciples came up to show him the buildings of the temple. And Jesus said to them, he said, do you not see all these things? Assuredly, I say to you, not one stone shall be left here upon another that shall not be thrown down. Now, as he sat on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately saying, tell us, when will these things be? And what will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age? And Jesus answered and said to them, take heed that no one deceives you. For many will come in my name saying, I am the Christ and will deceive many. You will hear of wars and rumours of wars. See to it you are not troubled. For all these things must come to pass but the end is not yet. For nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. And there will be famines and pestilences and earthquakes in various places. All these are the beginning of sorrows or the beginning of birth pains, as the NIV puts it. Then they will deliver you up to tribulation and kill you and you will be hated by all nations for my name's sake. And then many will be offended and will betray one another and hate one another. Then many false prophets will rise up and deceive many. And because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. 
but he who endures to the end shall be saved. Hallelujah. I'm going to read that again, church. But he who endures to the end shall be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all the nations. And then the end will come. So let's unpack this scripture. And we're going to stay mainly in Matthew 24 this morning. Now it's interesting, isn't it? That the disciples had spent three years with Jesus. They'd walked with him. They'd taught with him. They'd met with him. They'd ministered with him. They'd seen Jesus do countless miracles. So they knew Jesus so well. And they trusted him. And yet the first thing he says to them is take heed, keep watch that no one deceives you. They probably weren't expecting Jesus to say that too. And yet that's the first thing that he said to them. You see, deception works by causing someone to believe something that isn't true. It might look true. It might sound true. And a whole host of people might believe it's true. But actually it's a lie. It's a lie. And the devil is the father of lies. And he's the arch deceiver. He deceived Eve in the Garden of Eden. And he will try and deceive us, church. He will try. We have to be aware of that. He will try. But the word of God... Amen. The word of God says that the Holy Spirit, who the Father has sent us, he will guide us into all truth. Hallelujah. He will not speak on his own authority, but he will speak only what he hears and he will tell it to us. Amen. He is the gift to the church. And he will always bring glory to Jesus. And I want to tell you today, love, can you just pass me the Bible? That the word of God must always be our standard. The word of God must always, always be our standard. You know, God would have us to be immersed in the word of God. Immersed in the word of God so that we can know the word and meditate on the word and memorize the word. That's how God would have us. We have, this is God's voice in print to us. Amen. Amen. Do you know it says in 2 Timothy 3.16, all scripture, all scripture, all scripture is God-breathed. And it's useful for teaching. Amen. It's useful for teaching. It's useful for training. It's useful for correcting. Hallelujah. It's useful for correcting. It's useful for rebuking. Why? So that the man and the woman of God may be thoroughly equipped. For every good work. The Bible doesn't say that we will be equipped. The Bible says we'll be thoroughly equipped for every good work. And that is exactly what the word of God does for us. When we read it under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. It's alive. It's sharper than a two-edged sword. It's active. And it will change us and it will transform us into the image of Jesus. Hallelujah. Oh, how we need to develop that love of the word of God, particularly in these end times. 
particularly in these end times, because knowing the word will keep us from deception. And I'm going to talk a little bit more about that in a moment. Matthew 24, 24, Jesus says, false Christ and prophets will appear and perform great signs and miracles to deceive even the elect, if that were possible. And then Jesus says, see, I've told you ahead of time. So Jesus is telling us in his words, look, I'm warning you, I'm letting you know, church, I'm telling you that false prophets, false Christ will arise, and they are going to perform great signs and miracles to try and deceive us. But you see, that's when we need the fullness of the Holy Spirit in us. Amen. And one of the gifts of the Holy Spirit is discerning of spirits. So sometimes as a child of God, you will get a check in your spirit. And you could read something and you can watch something and you can think, "Mm -mm, there is something wrong with that. I will quite often say to Arvo, I've got a check in my spirit about that. (laughs) Now, I don't always know why I've got a check in my spirit, but I know I've got a check in my spirit. Listen to the Holy Spirit, church, when you get that. That is the Holy Spirit. That is the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Do you know, if your foundation isn't based on the word of God, you are more likely to be deceived. Okay, let's have a look at verse 6 of Matthew 24. Wars and rumours of wars. There has been countless wars down the ages. And now we have war again in Europe. For many of us here... We have never seen a war so close to home before. People are being murdered, displaced, left homeless. Towns and buildings have been utterly destroyed. And it's been played out across our television screens every night. And yet Jesus says to us, don't be troubled by this because it must happen. Wars and rumours of wars. And then it says, again, nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. Church, that means ethnic group against ethnic group. And oh my goodness, aren't we seeing this increased in our land and across the West as we speak? Critical race theory. The recent fights in Leicester between the Hindus and the Muslims. You see, the enemy loves to bring division. And there is a spirit of division that the enemy sends. And he loves to bring division and he loves to bring it in a church. And yet God brings unity. God brings oneness. And as a family of God, we must make sure that we protect the unity that we have. Amen. We are all one in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. That's different from the kingdom. You know, the kingdom of God and the kingdom of darkness are in total opposition and opposites to each other. You cannot get any further apart because the enemy is all about division and God is all about unity and oneness. Hallelujah. And this is what it says in Galatians 3.28. There is neither Jew nor Greek, slave nor free, male or female. Okay, we are all one in Christ Jesus. 
Hallelujah. You see, there's power in unity. There's power in oneness. There's blessing in unity. There is blessing in oneness. And God says, will he not command a blessing where there is unity? Oh, hallelujah, that the rock is in great unity. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Effie. God moves where there's unity. And we must guard that. Hallelujah. We must guard that. Verse 7 goes on to say that there will be famines and pestilences and earthquakes in various places. You know, between 2004 and 2014, there were 18 earthquakes with a magnitude of 8.0. Those are what happened around the globe. Get this, that is an increase of 265% over the average rate of previous century, which saw 71 great quakes. An increase of 265%. According to Oxfam, 11 people are likely dying every minute from hunger. And overall, 155 million people around the world are now living in crisis levels of food insecurity or worse. That's 20 million more than last year. And a new study suggests that the rise of extreme pandemics like we've all experienced with COVID-19 could increase threefold in coming decades. Now, you could be well sat there this morning thinking, Pastor Anne... I've come this morning to be built up and encouraged and this word is not encouraging me at all. Thank you. But you know, listen to what Jesus said because Jesus, he chided the religious leaders of his day for not recognising the biblical signs of the momentous times that they were living in. And Jesus chided them for that. And church, we are living in momentous times. We are living in momentous times. Jesus said this to the religious leaders in Matthew 16 too. He said, when evening comes, you say, it will be fair weather for the sky is red. And in the morning today, it's going to be stormy for the sky is red and overcast. He said, you know how to interpret the appearance of the sky, but you cannot interpret the signs of the times. He rebuked them because he said, you do not know. You can tell what's going to happen in the weather, but you cannot tell the times that you are living in. Church, we have to know the times that we are living in. Amen. Amen. Jesus is coming back very soon. Amen. I said Jesus is coming back very soon. And church, we must be ready. We must be ready. Because he's coming back for a bride without spot or wrinkle. We must be ready. Jesus, throughout scripture, like the Gospels, he kept saying, be on your guard, be on your guard, watch out, watch out, be awake, be aware, be ready. We must do that. 
You know, haven't we sung this morning? On the day he comes in glory to reveal the fullness of his reign, all hearts will bow before the sound of Jesus' name. Hallelujah. And they will. Every tongue will confess and every knee will bow and proclaim that Jesus Christ is Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. We need to be ready. Do you know, church, when you read Matthew 25, and I would encourage you to go home and try and read it this week. Matthew 25, the only difference between the foolish virgins and the wise virgins was that the foolish virgins did not take any oil with them. They all got ready. They were all waiting for the bridegroom. But it says five were wise. And it says that they took oil in their vessels along with their lamps. But the foolish ones didn't. Because they didn't think the bridegroom was going to be so long. And they were waiting and they were waiting. And then it says that they all slumbered and they all slept. And then the cry came at midnight. The bridegroom's coming. The bridegroom's coming. And they all woke up and they all trimmed their lamps. And then the foolish ones realized they didn't have any oil. And they wanted to borrow some from the wise virgins. They said, give us some of your oil. Give us some of your oil. You cannot give your anointing or your relationship with Jesus to somebody else. We have to get our own relationship with Jesus. Amen. And they wanted to be ready, church. So they hurried off. They hurried off to get some oil. But it says while they were on their way, the bridegroom came and those that were ready went in with him and the door was shut. Those that were ready, church, we've got to be ready. And part of our responsibility as pastors here at The Rock are to make sure that we are all ready as a church for the second coming of Jesus Christ, however dark it gets in this world. We've got to all be ready. We love you so much. We love you so much. But part of our responsibility is to teach you from the word of God to make sure that you are on fire for Jesus Christ. You are looking for his appearing and we are ready when he comes. Amen. Amen. Jesus said this. He said, be dressed, ready for service and keep your lamps burning. Let's have a look at verse 8 of Matthew 24. It says, all these are the beginning of sorrows. Do you know, church, whether we like it or whether we don't like it, we are in the beginning of sorrows. We're there. You only have to look at the news. It's fulfilling scripture before our eyes. And God doesn't want us to be asleep or unaware of what's happening. Okay, let's have a look at verse 9. Okay. Then they will deliver you up to tribulation and kill you. You will be hated by all nations for my name's sake. Now, according to Open Doors, which is a Christian charity that Oliver's daughter and son-in-law, Danielle, who comes to preach here, Over 340 million Christians suffer persecution. And roughly every two hours, 
a follower of Jesus Christ is martyred. That doesn't make the news, does it? Do you know, back in the 1500s here in the United Kingdom, people were burnt at the stake, believe it or not, for teaching their children to say the Lord's Prayer in English. But, you know, in the last few centuries, being in the United Kingdom, there's been a certain amount of respectability to being a Christian. We are considered a Christian nation. And we've enjoyed a freedom that many countries and Christians have never had. True? We can meet like this without fear of a gunman bursting in or a bomb going off. Many churches in Nigeria, they face death every time they go to church. And it's been fairly respectable and okay to say that you're a Christian. Some people might even admire you when you say that you're a follower of Jesus. But those times are changing, church, even in this nation. And I just want to show you, because I tend to keep some cuttings just to show you, some of these are very recent, some of them go back a few years, just so that we're aware of what's happening. Persecuted for praying. This was a Christian nurse that was threatened with her job because she literally just offered to pray for a patient. No right to wear a cross at work. Furious government says, leave religion at home or give it your job. Christian faces losing home for opposing gay weddings. Things are changing, aren't they? Hospital staff wore hijabs and went to mosques four times a day, yet my little cross was deemed so dangerous, I lost the job I loved. The cross is dangerous. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There's victory. Hallelujah. As Lucy said, in the blood of Jesus Christ, because it cleanses us from all unrighteousness and sets us free. Hallelujah. No wonder the devil hates it. These are in more recent ones, and you'll see how it's getting more difficult. Christian kicked out of his university for opposing gay marriage. Now you're going to really love this one. I couldn't quite believe this one myself. Christian nurse to Sioux Clinic over course that said Bible was racist for mentioning darkness. Do you know, we laugh at that, and it is laughable, but that is what we're up against. Yeah. And this one, telling how things are getting worse, was literally this month jailed 
the Christian teacher who refuses to address Chan's pupil as they instead of he. Christian teacher, teaching in school. Biblical prophecy coming true before our eyes. Thank you, love. Jesus said this in Mark 13, 13. All men will hate you because of me, but he who stands firm to the end will be saved. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Jesus went on to say, many will turn away from the faith or be offended and will betray and hate each other. Why is that? Because it's going to cost church to follow Christ. It's going to cost us to follow Christ. Amen. Jesus said this, if anyone would come after me, he must deny himself, take up his cross daily and follow me. Jesus said this, he who loves his life will lose it, but he who loses his life for me and for the gospel's sake will find it. You know, Jesus didn't necessarily mean physical death, but it could mean that. And Jesus said, he who acknowledges me before men, I will acknowledge before my Father in heaven. I love that. Do you know your name can get mentioned in heaven before the Father when you acknowledge Jesus before men and women? Hallelujah. How powerful is that? Around the throne of God. Amen, Marion. You know, the, the angels and the elders and the seraphim and the cherubim, when they worship around the throne, and we've sung about the throne in this morning, and Jesus is sitting at the right hand of his Father, praying for us and interceding for us. And then he mentions, he said, Oh, Father, Paul, he stood up for you today and he witnessed to, to people that he was selling a kitchen to. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. 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 And Jesus said this, Blessed are you when people insult you and persecute you and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad because great is your reward in heaven. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Church, you're not just going to get a reward. You're going to get a great reward in heaven. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. A great reward in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Now, didn't Susan last week talk about counting it all joy? Amen. Count it all joy when you go through trials of various kinds. Why? Because the testing of your faith produces perseverance and perseverance must finish its work so you will be mature and complete, not lacking anything. You see, Jesus is preparing us when we go through the trials, when we acknowledge him, when it's tough at work, when we stand up and we say we love Jesus and we have certain principles that we won't compromise on. Yes, it's going to cost but I want to tell you Rock Church you're in for a great reward in heaven hallelujah amen you better believe it I believe we have no conception at all of the rewards that Jesus has got for us in heaven when we do the right thing and we honor him and we don't compromise because I want to tell you Rock Church the cost of compromise will always be greater than the cost of obedience. Every time. Every time. 
every time. And Jesus, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and now he is sat down at the right hand of the Father in heaven, interceding for us. Hallelujah. I tell you what, you couldn't have anyone better interceding for you than Jesus. Amen. This is what it says in 1 Peter 5, 8 and 9. Be sober-minded, be vigilant. Why? Because our adversary, the devil, and he is an adversary, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Resist him. Steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. I want to ask you today, church, how deep are your roots? How deep are your roots? Ask yourself that. How deep are your roots? Because God would have our roots go deep. Amen. Amen. Because then when the storms of life come, then we will stand. That's why Jesus said to me about the wise and foolish builders, build your house on the rock. Because when those storms of life come and the rain comes down and the floods come up and the winds beat and blew against They stood. Why? Because they were on the rock. Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. But when you're on the sand and the rains come down and the floods come up and the winds blow, it will be demolished because you're not rooted and grounded in Jesus Christ. Don't root and ground yourself on us, whatever you do. Root yourself and ground yourself on Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. He is the author and he is the perfecter of your faith. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. Okay, let's move on then. Verse 11. Then many false prophets will rise up and deceive many. So deception is going to increase. Now, how do I know that? Because Jesus uses the word many twice. That means a large number. Now, listen to this, church. This is important. So a large number of false prophets are going to rise up and they're going to deceive a large number of people. But Jesus has warned us ahead of time. Now, the enemy of our soul disguises himself as an angel of light. That's what it tells us in Scripture. Now, Charles Spurgeon said this, and this is a good one to write down. He said, Lord, help us not only to discern the difference between right and wrong, but help me to discern the difference between right and almost right. I'm going to read that again because you might want to jot it down. He said, Lord, he said, help us not only to discern the difference between right and wrong, but help us to discern the difference between right and almost right. Yeah. You see, God's word is a light. It's a lamp for our feet. It's a light for our way. Now, I've already mentioned about 2 Timothy 3.16, and I said I'd come back to it. Teaching, rebuking, correcting, training. You see this word? It comes from the very mouth of God. Oh, hallelujah. Under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit will illuminate the word of God. So whatever it is in your life, run it through the word of God. 
run it through the Word of God, church. I don't care whether you're reading a book, whether you're listening to a sermon, whether you're watching the God channel. I don't care what it is. Run it through the Word of God. Does it line up with the Word of God? Because if it doesn't line up with the Word of God, it's deception. And we have to know in these end days what the Word of God says so that we are not going to be deceived. Charles Spurgeon also said this, the best interpreter of a book is generally the man who wrote it. The Holy Ghost wrote the scriptures. So go to him to get their meaning. You will not be misled. I love that. I love that. Okay, moving quickly on for time. Verse 12. And because lawlessness or wickedness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. The NIV says the love of most will grow cold. You know, wickedness has increased in my lifetime and morality decreased. Do you know there used to be a time where couples would go out with each other, they'd get engaged, they'd get married, and then they'd sleep together? Oh, not now. We need to be righteous, pure, holy, set apart. That's what God expects. Amen. You know, as the world gets darker, we need to shine brighter and we need to endure. Because he who endures to the end shall be saved. Now, what does it mean to endure? It means to hold one's ground in conflict, bear up against adversity, hold out under stress, stand firm, persevere under pressure. It's not a passive resignation to fate. It's an active, energetic resistance to defeat. And then it says, and this gospel, hallelujah, this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all nations and the end will come. Let me just read this, nearly finished. Hebrews 10, 35 to 39. It says here, so do not throw away your confidence, it will be richly rewarded. You need to persevere so that when you have done the will of God, you will receive what he has promised for just in a little while. He who is coming will come and will not delay. But my righteous one shall live by faith. And if he shrinks back, I will not be pleased with him. But we are not those who shrink back and are destroyed, but we are those who believe and we are saved. Hallelujah. So who is going to embolden us? It's the wonderful, glorious, almighty Holy Spirit who is going to embolden us. Hallelujah. The paracletos. He's our comforter. He's our helper. He's our advocate. He's our counselor. He's our standby. And Jesus said, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses. Hallelujah. That is a promise. That is a guarantee, church. You will witness for Jesus when you are full of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 The Holy Spirit is a gift. He is a gift. The Father promised him. John the Baptist said, I baptize you with water for repentance, but after me will come one who is more powerful than I, whose sandals I'm not willing to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. Hallelujah. When those disciples were in that upper room on the day of Pentecost, 
all 120 of them. And it says, and they, they heard the wind, they saw the fire, and those tongue and uh, uh, cloven tongues of fire, it said it separated and it came to rest on every single one of them. Church, nobody was left out. Nobody was left out. And I praying and I believe that God like Gina said this morning is the Holy Spirit is going to touch you he's going to fill you with fire today if you want it and nobody will be left out you will only be left out if you want to be left out but we need the fire of God church we need the fire of God and the Holy Spirit wants us to fill us with fire so we will be bold and we will be courageous and we will be strong and we will be steadfast in these last days for the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Hallelujah. We need to be courageous Christians in the face of increased opposition and have courageous commitment to Christ and his cause. It says in Ephesians 5.18, with this I finish, do not get drunk on wine because it leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. Yes. Hallelujah. Amen. Peter was totally transformed by the power of the Holy Spirit from being a man who denied Jesus through time to standing up on the day of Pentecost to thousands and say, men and brethren, listen to me. Listen to me. And 3,000 got born again. Oh, Hallelujah. And Rock Church, God wants to use you. You are not here by accident today. God has already said that. You are here by divine appointments because the Holy Spirit wants to put that fire within you that's never going to go out. And it's not a one-off experience. It's a daily experience of being filled with the fire of God, filled with the power of God. Amen. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm done. We're going to pray.